So anyway, continuing your story yeah. about <laughs> how you got to where you are now. Listen, you're the one who brought me on this show. <laughs> <laughs> We're rethinking that right now, Jeremy. <laughs> I'm John Stevens, and this is Pod Have Mercy. This Russell. is Pod Have Mercy. <laughs> Welcome to Pod Have Mercy. I can't believe I'm finally on Pod Have Mercy. Jeremy Steele, all the <laughs> way from time viewer, first time Silicon Valley, California. <laughs> Yes. You're here. I'm here. So I hear you're a big fanboy of the podcast. We we appreciate that. Well, yeah, you know, I I, I am your audience. I'm that. I'm the one. You and this, uh, this guy in Virginia. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and supposedly we're blowing it up somewhere in England with right. at least one or two listeners. Those, that's the botnet. That's, that's uh, the, oh darn it. That's right. I'm your fan. This base. click click form. <laughs> right. Well, Jeremy Steele is with us. He is a, a pastor. Is it called Los Altos? Los Altos. United Methodist Church. That's right. Before that, you've been there two years. Before that, you were in Mobile, Alabama. That's right. Home of the USS Alabama battleship. Yes, of you course. drive by on I-10 on your way to Disney World. Well, you don't really drive by. You actually park on the bridge at I-10. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, and for sure. as traffic is backed up because yeah. no one knows that they, they go under the tunnel. <laughs> That's right. Nobody and they're like amazed, like a tunnel. <laughs> it goes underwater. Yep. I have to stop at the bottom. That's right. No, no. And, and it's not on the way to Disneyland. It's on the way to 30A. No, uh, that's true. <laughs> no, that's 100% true. Well, we're glad to have you. And we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff that's going to be way more interesting than denominational politics. We're not, we're not even going there. But, um, Can I just throw some random paragraph numbers in? No, we're going? no thank you. Nope, 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 nope. Subparagraph A. So uh, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself and your backstory, but I'm really fascinated because you're doing a lot of work that I think would be applicable today with uh, an app that you're helping to develop and really thinking about how we reach people that are disconnected from church. This podcast started to be conversations directed to people who yeah, not have the church language or yeah. in the church. It was, it was meant to hear a bishop be, talk about yeah, church yeah, politics. Yeah, for an hour and eleven minutes. I mean, even people in the church don't want to hear that. No, it's, that's actually true. But anyway, tell us a little bit about about yourself. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I I grew up in uh, in the church, and hmm. I I actually had a really intense call experience when I was a teenager, when I was in the sixth grade. And, um, and sort of planned to be somehow in the ministry from when I was in sixth grade on. Got my first paid gig uh, while I was in college as a, as a youth pastor. It was a co-youth pastor with my girlfriend, which I don't know <laughs> what they were thinking, but That's it, awesome. it worked out fine. She's my wife now, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so they, much for the purity rings. <laughs> She was the co co youth director. She wasn't a youth. No, no, no. She was not a youth. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. Safe sanctuaries was yeah. not. By, it didn't exist. It didn't exist. Well. <laughs> the, the, that's that's all the older pastors and their wives. That that like we have a family member who it was. He was the pastor and married one of the youth, um, and they were loved it. it. Was great back in the day. So anyway, continuing your story yeah. about how you got to where you are now. Listen, you're the one who brought me on this show. <laughs> We're rethinking that right now, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I, you know, I, I've been involved in that for, for a long time in sort of the church world. And at the same time, I've always mm -hmm. been super skeptical, right? I... Uh, many times in my life have not been a hundred percent sure if God exists. And, um, and that has put me in this interesting place uh, at the sort of intersection between the church world and the world of people who like are not in any way involved in the church. And, and I've been at that crossroads really since I was a teenager, um, <clears throat> which puts you in an interesting place when you're in the church, then, um, frustrated with the system and all of the things that are in no way what God cares about, but keep people out. Like I, I remember I went into a church with a hat on and, um, yeah, you can't do that. Yeah. I also, unless you're Jewish, really long hair. <laughs> 
it's not a hat. So we went, I went into church and this guy comes up and he's like, you got to take that hat off. And I said, uh, it's, a, and it was, a, it's funny because it was a Christian band hat. Like it was mm-hmm. DC talk. <laughs> and you were uh, it sideways. No, 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 no. <laughs> that wasn't cool anymore. Um, still not cool. We, uh, we, I, and he, and I took it off and my long hair <laughs> fell out of it, you know? And people, then the follow up was like, you got to cut that hair. He's like, it, and put that he thing looked back on so disappointed in me and he walked away and I left that church. Like I didn't even go in. I was visiting it was my friend's church. I got so angry. Um, I mean, he wasn't right. He wasn't wrong about the hair. I mean, hair, long hair is a sin on men. But other than that, like... I, you like, live in California. You, you know, can't just, say that. I was going to say. I'm just half your Valley. churchmen. Oh, that's <laughs> right. It was, a, it was a dig. I, I'm envious of Matt's hair. But we... But that kind of stuff has bothered me for a long time. And when I, when I got into youth ministry, um, I, it was like I was really had a heart for the kids that like... Uh, that were atheists and were, um, and were gay and were all of the things that at that moment in the South were generally unwelcome. And, um, Mm -hmm. and we had this, some beautiful youth groups full of the kids that the other youth pastors didn't want. That was my Brad Whitford moment right there. (laughs) Good. Right. Uh, (laughs) And all that sort of like been part of my, my life. Uh, and now, um, uh, I'm focusing on millennials and Gen Z who used to go to church and don't anymore, which is a lot, which is 70% of the, can, can I ask a question before we get there? People. I'm super interested in like where that impulse came from in you. Cause that's, um, kind of often growing up in the church. The impulse is to find that at a later date, to realize that the container that you're in is not as broad as the love of God is. And so where did that impulse to already kind of look towards kind of the margins, the folks that don't well, belong? I was on the margin. Okay. Right? So <clears throat> I believed in science, and then I went to church and was told that science wasn't real. And, um, and that didn't mesh with me, right? And so, like, I, I had... I had really big doubts about faith, and I had really big doubts about God. I, I had a community of people and a youth pastor who loved me, um, and that was important. That kept me. Um, so I always felt like that's where I was, and I generally felt much more comfortable around um, people who people my age when I was growing up who didn't go to church than the people who did go to church. Um, the people who did go to church seemed like they were always pretending. And, um, and then the people who didn't go to church, um, I connected, I just connected better with them. And so I, I remember like that was in the grunge time, right? Yeah. You remember grunge? You, yeah, you probably had some flannel that you tied around your waist and John and I still have like monthly kind of We're grunge older days. Than you are, son. That's right. We lived it. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so uh, like I started a Christian grunge band, but I dressed like them, and yeah, it was just I felt like I was on the outside, so it didn't feel it didn't feel unique. It felt like I didn't ultimately belong, even though I was super involved in my youth group. I just didn't identify with it. Mm-hmm. What is it about church? that makes people feel disconnected? Just the, the, the language, is it the expectations? Is it, I mean, we're not, we're not I mean, to, to be a, a, an organization that's supposed to be welcoming and warm and inviting, yeah. mm-hmm. we're yeah. not always yeah. very welcome and yeah. warm and inviting to people. And sometimes we're outwardly welcoming, but actually not inwardly welcoming, right? That like we have a good face. We have somebody at the door that's smiling and shaking hands, which is the beginning of of welcoming. But but welcoming is like a system that is open to, to new people. Yeah. Right. And and open to people who disagree or differ, that kind of stuff. And, and a lot of times my experiences, you know, not at Chapelwood, but at other churches, right. You would, uh, you know, people, go and try a Sunday school class and 
wife and husband and husband's like, ah, you know, I don't, I don't know if I believe any of this. And as soon as, as soon as that happens, oh, we just have to accept some things on faith, right? And his doubt and concern is minimized and ostracized. And he's, the message is really clear. We don't do that here. And so people who aren't 100% say, I can just stay home. I, yeah, I think you're right that we've created Christianity as a believing system, not as a belonging system. Mm-hmm. And if it's true that really our believing is a result of our belonging, mm-hmm. we learn what we believe through belonging. Mm-hmm. And that's both positive and negative. Yeah. Right? The headwaters of all belief is belonging. What do I belong to? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Christianity at its core is not a believing system. It's a belonging <laughs> system. Right. right? Um, you come to believe. Um, who Jesus is through being recklessly loved, showered with grace, mm-hmm. given um, like the prodigal son, <clears throat> yeah. right? Received back. Yeah. It's also like a lot of people that are resonating with what we're talking about now in following Jesus is this whole thing about, it, it's not about this whitewashed exterior. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. the, the word, the word yeah. hypocrite, basically means like one who wears many faces. Okay. And so people are coming in there saying, you know, like last week we talked about how Jesus always turns it back on you. Right. Right. And, and work on what's inside of you. And yet we have these circles we draw and these walls we build and these entryways that, you know, here's who can come in, who's acceptable, who's worthy, who's, who fits the profile, whatever, you fill mm-hmm. in the blank. And churches are really good about it. You rarely, I mean, you, go in, you rarely go into the church and go, um, man, we're just glad anybody walks through that door. We say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then when someone walks through the door that looks different or believes different or is Boats not. different. Yeah, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, fill in the blank, then it's like, eh, I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah. And so I think... Um, people are beginning to resonate because Jesus was really about spirituality mm-hmm. more than organized religion. Right. It was really about the essence of the organized religion, but the people who were, who were organizing the religion, yeah. he didn't really care a lot for. <clears throat> no. yeah. and, and that's the, it's really interesting because I think that the state of the first century Judaism that we see in the New Testament with Jesus um, is very similar in its issues and problems to where we are today. And Jesus was constantly pushing back on that and mm-hmm. sort of yeah. trying to say, okay, no, 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 it's God wants bigger, right? God wants more people, not less people. Like God, like this, Jesus is constantly pushing back on these, this religious uh, constant, this, this tendency to constantly separate from each other. And, um, and, and I think it's funny because like, you know, we have, because of all of the harm that we have done as a church, um, big C church, all of the, 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 uh, the pastors who have been co-opted by one political agenda or another and put up on CNN Right, all of these, all of these things have have pushed a generation of people away from Christianity. But if you if you tell them a teaching of Jesus without saying Jesus or the Bible, right, without using a Christianity trigger word, they're like, "No, I believe that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You mean you mean God accepts people back lovingly who run away from God? Yeah, no, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that leads, so you, you, are, you are developing this app, Zoe? Z-O-A-Y, yeah, Zoe. Zoe, and what does that mean? Zoe is the Greek word for the full life. Oh, yeah, I knew that. When Jesus comes, Undis. says, I've come, and you have life, have it to the full, that's the word. And that's, and, and it's interesting because there's been some scientific, scientific. It's easy for you to say. <laughs> drink to that. Um, There's been scientific research that says that people who engage in spiritual practices, prayer, meditation, going to a Bible study, their life has more connection. They're generally happier, less stressed. Um, 
That's what Zoe is. That's what the word means is that mm. kind of life, the life we all long for. And so the idea with the app is there are a whole bunch of people who are not going to come to Chapelwood and to Los Altos UMC and to Second Baptist Church, right? Uh, the, the institution has burned them and they're done with it. And so, but that doesn't mean they can't engage in spirituality. That doesn't mean they can't have Zoe. That doesn't mean they can't experience the grace and love of God. And so what if we take all of the sort of institutional barrier and remove that mm. and find a, <clears throat> the lowest barrier of entry, downloading an app or going to a website and put spiritual practices there. And, and spiritual practices, so we've got, what, 2,000, or if you go back, maybe six, 8,000 years of like well-worn paths of how you access the divine, right? Mm -hmm. We know that, like that's, we've got that. Like we've got Lectio Divina, we've got Centering Prayer, we've got, like we've got all of these paths. And so what if we could put those paths in the hands of those people who will never come and listen to you lead a study on Lectio Divina, right? What if we could put it in a, in a, in a form where they will engage with it? And so that's, the app is that, right? Yeah, so you're targeting people who, we, we say this a lot, you know, spiritual but not religious. Yeah. Or, or right. yeah, yeah. whatever that means. Right. I, I, don't, I don't always know what that means. Right. But um, I, I think that like particularly younger, like millennials uh-huh. and Gen Z, Gen Z, which are both my kids now, right, right, and there's what is the the stats are a million millennials leave the church every year, yeah. or leave organized religion every year, mm-hmm. and I don't know what the non affiliated um, demographics are now, but millennials and Gen Zs, but it's much higher than Gen mm-hmm. X and yeah. way higher than baby boomers. And the interesting stat though is that amongst the religiously unaffiliated. 70% of them used to go to church. Now that's fascinating to me. Which means there's a I they have something terms, in their something, their history. something in their history right. connects to church religion whatever but they're not there anymore. Right. And what's interesting though and what's helped the reason we target that group is it's like in marketing terms it's a warm market. They already know have had experience with spirituality. They know some of the lingo, right? They, they know some, like you say God to them. It's not the first time they've ever heard that, right? Um, and so the idea is that most of them, well, it, so we did a series of sort of market research interviews to try to look at millennials and Gen Z who used to go to church and don't, and just ask them, like, are you, do you still consider yourself spiritual? Like, are you still engaged? Like, what, what do you do? And, and when they left the church, they didn't leave spirituality, hmm. right? They left the institution that hurt them or their friends or called them or their friends evil or told them that they couldn't drink or I don't know, whatever it is. And they left the institution and the problems with that. But most all of them expressed some sort of like spiritual longing, uh, some sort of, um, you know, I, I, I was in church, now I'm not, but I get spiritually recharged by going for a walk at the ocean. Which, by the way, if you talk to our church members, and you ask them, like, where do they find God? Nature is huge, right? I, like, I don't know how many hunters when I was oh, in yeah. Alabama in told me, South. like, they golfers they're sitting in the deer stand there was like, a there was a guy at one of my first churches and he said a preacher you're not gonna see me in church november 12th on no he's uh-huh. no ever he said, you're not <laughs> ever. you're not gonna see me much in church but he had this little house out in his backyard mm-hmm. and he was a big bow hunter big hunter yeah. and he said he goes you're not gonna see me much in church he goes but i'm gonna be right out here in my my house my hunt i'm either hunting or i'm gonna be out here and I'm like, is your wife okay with that? Like, you just stay out in that house? She goes, oh, yeah, she's good with it. <laughs> Sounds like she'd be great with that. She's good with that. <laughs> she's so good with that. She knows where I am. Mm-hmm. You know? I was like. Just keep dropping those checks off. <laughs> but, he, but he's the one that said, you know, 
God in a deer stand. <laughs> yeah. Me and God in a deer stand. I get that. Mm-hmm. That was where he experienced the divine. Yeah. I grew up at the beach and, you know, I went to youth group, but man, you stand at the ocean, like on 30A with that like bright white sand that squeaks when you walk on it and you see this seeming infinite horizon you know there's Mm -hmm. a spiritual connection there that's i mean like uh, the hymn doesn't do uh, most hymns don't come close to it right when you see the storms rolling in Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. because when you live in a city it's just on you right yeah yeah. but to see it forming to see it raining off in the distance it gives you it it, your perspective changes yeah and that's what so and, and that's what the 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 people who used to go to church that we drove off from church um they still connect with God there. Nature is their sanctuary. Yeah. Nature, art, uh, music for them, uh, dance, those kind of things, social action. Um, uh, you know, one of the most interesting pieces is Gen Z finds an enormous connection in social action, right? Black Lives Matter and all, all of this stuff that's been happening recently has really fired up. There's a great is that politics too, or just or not politics, social it's justice. Yeah, right. Social transformation. In, in yeah. Politics are the unfortunate, you know, thing that you have to deal with to get justice. Mm-hmm. But you know, and they, but they have a voice. They can engage in that and rally support because of social media uh, in a way that they've they've never. They've never been able to do. I mean, like they—they've influenced just crazy. I remember there was a moment where a presidential candidate was going to have a huge rally, and uh, stars on TikTok. These are fourteen-year-olds uh, that did this, by the way. Right. <laughs> stars on TikTok rallied everybody to, to buy tickets. The presidential candidate showed up to an arena that we, everybody, everybody, everybody. Expected to be full and have an overflow, and there was nobody there. But and, and like you talk about, just ten years ago, never could have happened. Hmm. But but what happens is all of them now have this voice and this ability to impact social change and to connect with like-minded individuals. Uh, and and I, I can't, can't wait to see what they do. Well, there's community there, and, and it doesn't matter. It's not about whether you agree with the cause or not, or right. no, no, you no, like it sure. or not, because there's all different causes. But community is built. And I think also, too, what, what organi- organized church, you know, religion or worship mm-hmm. or whatever, provides also this sense of collective effervescence. You know, it's like when right. you go to a ball game. It's like when you root for your team. Right. You know, it's something that binds you together. Yes. There's yeah. community that's formed, and then you share this same love or passion for something. And then when you go and you see them succeed, you stand up and you cheer. Yeah. Or when yeah. you hear the organ play or the band play. And yeah. in this sense, there's it's almost a religious-type experience Well, they experience them. God there. And, and that's in those interviews. She's like, well, I went to this protest, rally, whatever, and that was the most spiritual experience I've ever had. Hmm. You know, there's a sense of like a transcendent experience. And, um, you know, and that's like, but you look at the gospels, I mean, that's, it's all in there. I, you know, like there's that, there's the, the woman who goes and touches Jesus robes is healed. And, you know, said she had been bleeding for 12 years or something like that. And so she's physically healed, but because she was that way for 12 years, they assumed that if you were sick, there was something spiritually wrong with you. Mm -hmm. And if, and you would be ostracized from the community. Nobody is going to touch you. Talk. They, they don't want to catch the demon, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and and so Jesus heals her. But then, and I love this. Everybody thinks that she's like a horrible, dirty sinner, the worst person ever, right? Because this is look at how sick she's been, obviously. And he turns to her and he says, "Your faith has healed you," right? breaking apart that sort of unjust religious system that had kept her ostracized from the community. Like all of these people, even spiritual people who tried to heal her, couldn't. They weren't spiritually strong enough. She was spiritually strong enough. And and that she's the one that kind of sneaks up and touches his garment without him even knowing. And he says it out. He is, he's the authority 
there and he says it outward in a way that that it requires now everybody to treat her as if she's spiritually strong because he's said it out loud Mm. and and if that isn't a protest for injustice i don't know what is right that somebody leveraging their privilege and power which is what jesus had as a jewish rabbi on behalf of somebody who had been completely broken and forgotten but not just her she's not the only one that's sick in that community right Mm -hmm. so all the other people right now Oh, well, if she was, well, what about that guy over there? Mm-hmm. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we rethink that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you talk to young adults and millennials, Gen Z, like you tell them that story. They're like, yeah, that's what I want to do. Right. I'm up for that. You, we, we risk it. Let's do it. Let's go. Um, and they find God in that social action justice thing. So there's these different things. So you did this. You did this um, kind of study or re- or research, mm-hmm. asking people who are not involved in church that, that are in this age group. Yep. You know how, how do you consider yourself spiritual, and then how does that manifest itself? And you found these different things, whether it be, you know, meditation or songs or arts or, or, mm-hmm. or whatever, or social activism. And then, and then what do you do? You, you, I don't know anything about making an app. I, I know how to use them, mm-hmm. but so, because your target audience are going to be people that are out there that are not really plugged into church itself. Right. So what do you do with that data then to move to this app, Zoe? Well, I mean, uh, so we were using something called lean startup, which the idea is to get data as fast as you can, right? So we're not going to spend, work on a business plan and design an app and spend two years coding the app and then start getting data, you know, 200 grand in, right? First thing we did is we made some videos based on what we heard. And we asked uh, those people who we had interviewed if they would be willing to watch stuff, us to send them a text message, because we figured that was the easiest way to have something similar to an app experience, Mm -hmm. like a notification pops up, you click it and you watch a video. Um, And so we did that. We we made a video, we sent individual texts to people, and we had links that were trackable links so we could see if they clicked them. And we watched the stats and we said, okay, people will click a link watch video. And, uh, so we verified again, these are people that, these are people that are not in church, right? Your people are not in church, but are, have expressed spiritual and, and the openness to trying something. And, and also, by the way, all of them had downloaded some app already, Headspace, Calm, the Bible app. Like they've, they've been doing things like it. They've not been not doing things. So, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, whenever they get the like spiritual heebie-jeebies or whatever, they'll start looking. And the first place they went to that was to the app store. Anyway, we did that. They, they clicked the links. They watched the videos. So next step is to say, okay, is there a cheap, easy app creation tool that we can use to beta test, right? This isn't the final thing. We're not going to blow out a big marketing campaign, but let's see if we can get some people to, to use an app that are in this demographic. Can we attract that demographic? Will they use the app? Let's watch the videos. Let's watch the stats on the videos. Let's learn from what they watch and how they watch and keep getting better at the videos. We did that and um, sort of honed our content piece so that we knew our content was sticky. And then we got a little bit better app platform and, um, and are releasing content regularly. We've also got our sort of social strategy working for us and the next the next hurdle and the to be honest the bigger hurdle is community right how do we go from a passive video watching experience to you know church is both content and community right and um so they're not gonna download the app that doesn't have any content in it (laughs) Uh, but how do we bridge that and so that's the sort of next thing on the horizon for us. Content's easy. Content is but relatively but building easy. some kind of a community is going to be. That's right. So yeah. one of the things I found interesting, you were talking about how you, you so you start pushing this out and you're you're looking at the videos and how they right. how they perform right, 
you, you told us, you told me a story about how there was this consistent drop off. Yeah. So we're looking at the stats and, and, uh, the tool that we use will represent the, your viewer, your, your viewing time sort of linearly. So if this is the first second of the video, last second of the video, and like a hundred percent of the people that clicked on it down to whoever's left. But we noticed like we have the normal trend line. And then in some of our videos, we'd have a little notch in the middle where a significant number, 5, 10, 15% of the people would just drop off all at the same time, which says like there's something right there that had yeah. a, we had a problem with. So we took a bunch of those videos. We you know scrubbed over to that point in the video and watched what was happening. And what was happening is we were saying the word Bible or um, Christianity. Jesus we were fine with, but Bible, Christianity, this sort of the Bible words, the institution words were right there. So the, the whole, this is our whole process. That whole lean startup process is, is all about experiments and data. And like every time you're just always experimenting, you're yeah, looking at the data, there. you're tweaking it, you're doing it again. So we remade the exact same video, same visuals, same audio, like everything is exactly the same. We just changed that word. And we said like ancient spiritual text or in one of the world's biggest religions, right? And the notch is gone. Really? Yeah. Because we have, we need to think about the people that, we, that I did those interviews with. They've been hurt by the institution. They have watched mm -hmm. people use the Bible as a weapon, as a weapon to wound them and their friends, right? They... The perception many of them and many of the people in our culture have of the Bible is not of an ancient spiritual text, but a, a, of a tool of exclusion. And they're not interested in that. Uh, they just don't know any better. They yeah. don't know that that's yeah. not what the Bible is. Yeah. See, in church people, I mean, they, it's like, it's, what's so funny to me is like when you have this conversation with people who are church fit people, yeah. they're like offended by that. Oh, yeah. I, you mean you stop saying Bible? Well, not like, only that you yeah. stop saying Bible, but that someone would be offended by you yeah. using the word Bible. Right. That somehow they might. Right. You know, and, and there's no self um, awareness in the church, I think just like in self-awareness in an, in an individual's life yeah. to say, yeah, we have used this. Yeah. We have used some of this stuff right. that we yeah. have, that we love, yeah. that is very meaningful for us. Some of it has been used yeah. and has harmed people. Yes. Well, and you can go yes. back. Like uh, uh, it's sometimes the current issues are too hot to handle with it, right? The current like things that people want to fight about about the Bible. But you can, you can go back not very far and talk about the Bible being used to justify slavery, right? And I mean, I'm sh I know that there are people that, would say that was an okay thing, but not many. It, it, you, you, can't, you can't use the Bible that way, right? It, it was not meant to put people in slavery and allow that practice to give that practice God's blessing, right? right. Of course, like you can't do that. And, but we, it, we just keep doing it. One of the things, there's a big, big uh, brouhaha going on in the Baptist church, Southern Baptist church. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's around, uh, you know, what, what they complementarianism, right? Mm. This role of men and women, right? right. They have different mm. roles mm. and the woman is subservient, the man. Mm. There's this big battle, uh, like, inter like internal, right. internally. No, no, no. It's just there's <laughs> the Baptist church, like any no, denomination yeah. is right. moving, you know, they're, they're, they're changing and adapting. And, and a lot of people are, are looking at this in patriarchy right. yep. as damaging. And you're finding, like, for example, there was a woman who talked about, you know, that I stayed home, I homeschooled the kids, I did, you know, I did this, I did this, yeah. I did this, I did this, and now my husband left, had an affair, and he's with someone else, the power dynamic. So he's fine, now she has no resource, <laughs> and she's got the kids, and she's basically, you know, sacrificed all this, yeah. and looking at the church that says, yeah, but this is the way, and, and, and I have deep respect for people in different traditions, but... Sure how this is used in some ways. This particular person has been harmed yeah. yep. by a church teaching yep. that she has to live her life in a certain way in a certain space. Right. And now that her husband has left, 
you know, he, he's involved in another church yep. <laughs> that, you know, yeah. and he's fine. Yep. And she's the one that's carrying that's the, right. yeah. the pain and the yeah. loss. I, we, we have a tendency to not understand that our worlds, our words create worlds. Mm-hmm. Right, that's mm-hmm. a basic dynamic of, of human development. Yeah. And so that within the worlds that we create, not just kind of the, the world writ large, but like our church world, it creates, we've created a world out of these words. And mm-hmm. a lot of these words we have used historically have wounded people. Right? Yeah. Uh, Christian Wyman, one of my favorite poets, says that there are some words um, that have been so damaged, we need to put them on the shelf and not use them for a while. Yeah. And so I think some in some contexts, when you right. have people that have been church wounded, or um, wounded by um, other events. There's some words that cannot be used, not because they don't contain um, meaning for some people, yeah. but they've been used as a uh, as a way of wounding another person. And so, like Paul says, out of deference to the weak, we're not going to use this word because we want to open up grace for you. Mm-hmm. We don't want to have to jam something down your throat and call it grace, yeah. right? And so I think that's the dichotomy that we're finding within kind of Gen Z is to say, listen, um, the very presence of Jesus is what we're trying to get after here. Yep. And any words that we need to use or not use are on the table because at the end of the day, we're invested in a deep movement of grace. Yeah. And in the way it played out for us was we saw that data and I have these, uh, these coaches that are like startup coaches in Silicon Valley. And, um, and he's like, I'm the guy said, I, you're like, I'm not a pastor. I don't know the answer to this question. <laughs> and he said like, how important is it to use the word Bible versus having people hear the teachings of the Bible? Like how important is that word? And like, it really took me back for a second, you know, uh, because I've, I've never had anybody ask me that question and you get to it and you say that, that word is not worth sacrificing people hearing yeah. the message. <laughs> and, 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 and to, to, again, using all these big church words, but it's a deeply theological thought process. Yes. And there's a whole Christian, um, we, we call it missiology, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's sort of the science of how we engage in mission in the yeah. world. Yeah. And missionaries who have gone all over the world, of course, we did it really poorly for a long time because we had to turn everyone in other cultures into us, right? Yeah, right. So you had to wear shirt. your top That's hat, right. you had to wear your coat and your tie and yeah. your top hat. Well, and you your wool suit, even if you're in Hawaii. Right? Or in Africa, yeah. You have to be civilized first, and then you can experience the gospel. But but now, when you think about people yeah. and how they engage in mission, they go and they adopt the culture of where they are, of, of the people. Mm-hmm. And so they'll even use different, like when you, I, I heard a story a long time ago, they talk about Jesus is the Lamb of God. Well, <laughs> and it's in a, whole, in a whole culture that, that they don't have lambs, so you have to yeah. use a different animal, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. Which people who are, who are very faithful to the Bible, so you can't use another animal in there. That's right. Yeah. And you know, the animal they chose was really funny because it was in that culture, all the things that you would say about sheep, you would say about pigs in mm-hmm. that culture. Yeah. Right. And so they ended up translating it, pig of God. Yeah. <laughs> it means something different if you say it in 21st century America. But that's exactly what you're dealing with when, right. when you're talking about using the word Bible. Again, this is not a church to audience. Well, they, they might have one time have been right. church, but somehow there's that baggage that they carry. It's translation. We've yeah. got to translate grace. Absolutely. And if it doesn't, if you're using a word that doesn't adequately translate grace, you used another word. Yeah. Right? It's just because, speaking a different uh, language. Right. So, and I think that's where we get hung up is that, that we've turned, we've turned Christianity as again into a believing system mm-hmm. and a rational system, which right. words contain experiences are, are go beyond words. Yeah, and yeah. what we're asking, what we're hoping happens in a person's life is that they have such an experience ineffable is what, um, William James calls it yeah. and an effable experience with grace. They can't explain it, yeah. that it transforms them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You can get anybody to mimic a word. And that's what we said is salvation to people in the church. Mm-hmm. Mimic these words. Right. Say these words and you are saved. Right. That, that, we, we, that, has, that ship has run aground and it's run mm-hmm. all of us aground on it. Right. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and, and the, other, the other thing that's important, though, is <clears throat> the church has, because these people are not in the church, we don't hear it. Right. They're not in the church board meeting. Right there, the, the the people who used to go to church and don't these millennials and Gen Z that we're we're targeting, 
Um, and so what's magic and, and you guys are also in the same place, um, is that online, this app, that kind of stuff, they're interacting, they're sampling. And if we pay attention to the data, they're telling us things that we could not possibly hear in our ministry team meeting because mm-hmm. they're not in there. They're not going to be in there. Um, and, and so I think it's, it's also really crucial for us in this particular moment as we are watching, as, as we are expanding, the, most churches are expanding their reach, even though there's less people in the pews, um, to watching what's happening out there in the, in the Instagram reels and in all of these other places, watching that data to say, okay, what is that telling us? Right? Because we are now being able to hear back from people's habits, viewing habits, watching habits, engagement habits, um, what is working and not working mm-hmm. in a way that we haven't been able to before. It's always been interesting to me that being in, in, in the church for so long, you know, mm-hmm. institutional lies, whether you like it or not. And right. whenever you get in the meetings with church people, they're like, you know, all the young people, we got to reach the young people. We got to do something to reach the young people. And then we fall into that trap and say, well, what, what, what are young people like? We don't <laughs> do that here. You know, and then they say, well, we need a, we need a guitar player and some drums. Yeah. The, the young <laughs> that people that are into that. Bring them. That's right. They, what they do is they never actually go out into the world. Yes, like what it. we, what you've done when you develop this app, you're going out and doing market research, right? Yeah. You're going to find out right. like you wouldn't just develop it, it. The way most churches would do it. It's like, I know what they need. I know what they want and <laughs> right. we'll develop it into like, it's not going to work. Right. And I'm not taking the word Bible out of this video. <laughs> right. Or, or, or if you're a little bit more advanced, you go to the young adult who's on staff, who's been in church their whole life, and you ask them what they want. But church is working for them. They're there. Right. And so they'll give you answers. They're also not quite right because, um, they, for whatever reason, still we were like talking church. about this earlier. It's like, when, whenever you hire some new staff person mm-hmm. in your church, you yep. go to another church if they're doing a good job and you steal them, right. all right, or you put an ad out and you look, well, you don't have enough experience working in the church. Uh-huh. It's like we're trying to reach people that yeah. <laughs> that yeah. are outside yeah. the church. Why wouldn't you have some? Why wouldn't you begin to hire someone? Who's exactly in this demographic yeah, that was in church and no longer is in church, and you bring them in and say, "Hey, help us think it, uh, different." From a fifty thousand like view, though, is are we thinking about still the same old adage about bringing people back to church, getting them into church? Because I wonder if the very nature of the church has shifted. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and so it's broken open, and so bringing people back isn't the question anymore. It's how would the church respond to the way that the world is and begin to move towards the world in a way that bears witness to Jesus, right? Well, and I think it's, I think you're absolutely right. Be, and part of the problem is that we have the word church has been equated with an institution. It's a noun, not a verb. Right. <laughs> and, and, and really what we're saying is those young adults who are experiencing God on the beach or wherever, the, the church is breaking forth there. Like the church is happening there. Like this experience with God is happening. And, and when they bring their friends around, that's, that's, this is the same thing. God is moving there. We, I, we've got to go in and, and say, okay, how do, we, how do we throw fire on that? Right? How do we, they're not coming back here, right? Let's, let's stop wasting our Some dollars. Will. Some will, but, yeah. but it, not, not like in numbers that's going to sustain most places. Well, yeah, and and, but what I'm saying is, like, this is not working for them. Like, they might come back to this building. No, I I totally am in agreement with you. What I'm saying is, you're always going to find young people grew up in the church, stay in the church, they don't leave the church, I love the church, or young people that come into the church say, oh, this works for me, I get it. But I just don't think that's the vast majority anymore of that age. The, The statistics... Right. Just say that. Yeah. You know, millennials ebbing out, but Gen Z, it's, it's starting. It just starts out by the time their parents, they don't lo- no longer have to go to church mm-hmm. from their parents forcing them to go. Yep. They don't really go that much. Right. And 
and one of the interesting insights from the pandemic was <laughs> that process accelerated. Yeah, right. It did. They we now they there was a, there's a huge percentage of those Gen yeah. Z who the only reason they're coming was because their parents brought them because their parents came and in the interim they filled that time with other things that their parents thought were a good idea and now their parents are coming back because their parents still value it but they but they haven't come back mm-hmm. right and there's like like you said it's not everybody but there's a significant percentage drop everywhere you talk to children's and youth workers all over the country are, ha- are in the same are in the same place um and uh but and so that but what we What's important is that we not make the mistake of thinking, okay, so then how do we get them to come back to what we used to do, mm-hmm. right? Um, and instead, start start experimenting, start designing new things, start failing as fast as we can to learn from it. We and, have to become sociologists. Yeah, what we have done, I think, in so many ways, have become home builders, mm-hmm. and we've said, "This is a house. Don't you want this?" Right. Right. Rather than saying, "Huh, I wonder how these fish <laughs> operate. I wonder <laughs> yeah, yeah. how these patterns of animals move," right. and you start from the way back, asking questions, not providing product. Yeah. And what the church has done forever is says, "You need this product. Yeah. How about it?" We call that evangelism rather than saying, if the spirit of God's been poured out on all flesh and God is active in the world, God's active doing things, we might need to develop this capacity of deep curiosity, Mm -hmm. of listening, of befriending, and then asking those questions as a sociologist might. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I wondered when churches, like whether it's uh, church splits or, or divisions, the churches that are moving in the direction to try to hold on to the... Yeah, good old yeah, days yeah, to right. get back to the way it used yeah. to be. I just don't see that as a path of yeah. growth. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll pick up people that, that are like-minded that really want to hold on to the good old days and stop the progressive slide, mm-hmm. you know, and all right. that kind of stuff. And, and they'll be, but it's going to get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah, and it's yeah. just demographic. What happens when, yeah, right. you know, like we're Gen X, mm-hmm. right? We're going to be Getting close Back to in retirement my day. age, not long. <laughs> when and these millennials, was... <laughs> and then you're gonna have Gen Z, and then yeah, what's yeah. the next one called? I don't know what the oh, next one. We called. don't have one. We yeah, don't there have is a, a Z. I forgot what it was. There's, but there's, there's one there. Kinda... Yeah, um, but but the point I'm making is that becomes now the majority of the people, right? Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Those are the those are the people, yeah. and well, the things that scare churches <laughs> is because churches have become these organizations, institutions. And they're dependent upon, you know, we've, we've built all these corner stores. Yes. Um, just like, you know, and now everybody's shopping on Amazon. Yep. And we've got all this property. We've got all these buildings. Yep. And no one's coming into the bookstore anymore. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. right. 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 Yeah. And then when you try a different model, it's the very model that we have is incapable of flexibility. Hey, why don't we try that? Well, we've got insurance issues. We've got 501c3 religious issues, right? So we've built yeah. a model and a system that is so inflexible, we can't do creative things in it. Yeah. We can only do religious things in it yeah. that fit within the model of which we've created that no longer works. Right. Right? And, you know, the, our funding model is also not working, right? If you look everywhere... Uh, there's it's, yeah. it's very it's very unusual to find a church that is you know financially super stable and well things are going great. A lot of churches are are finding that operating as a donation you know like NPR uh, system it, it's not long term and so it's funny because a lot of the constraints that we have with some of the stuff that you just said uh, is tied to this loyalty to our our funding model. But if you think about, you know, an app, for example, um, you, you, you might apps generally are not donation based, right? Like my Netflix, it's, it's a subscription, Mm -hmm. right? And, and subscription doesn't sound great (laughs) when you think about it in a church world, right? Because you're thinking, well, we've got, you know, 200, seats in the sanctuary, there's 50 people in it times $5 a month. That's not that many. Mm-hmm. But in the, in, the, in the digital world, you can scale with almost no difference in cost, right? The 
5,000 people watching a video or 20,000 people watching a video now costs no, no difference. It's, no. The, the, it, no. it matters nothing. But the, it, but the difference between 5% of 5,000 people giving you $5,000 a month and 20,000 people giving you $5 a month, huge difference, right? Mm-hmm. So the cost doesn't go, but the, you know, the, the amount of, of funding. And so like exploring other funding models is really important as well um, because like 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 you said like there we've got to break out of the way it was done before because it's winding down yeah and we can let it wind down on our watch and that's a that's a choice we can make or we can start figuring out the the next way that path is turning mm-hmm. right speaking of winding down yeah we have to wind down yeah you've yeah well i mean this is a great conversation and i think it's something that needs to be talked about a lot more, especially yeah, in churches. Absolutely. Um, because, man, if you just try to stay the same and hold on to what you got, and even even in churches though, we think we're being so innovative and so creative, we're not we're not really going outside the the lines very much. Right. Yeah. We um, got a smoke machine though. Smoke machine, some lights. Yep. Yeah. And uh, we got the drum and the guitar now. That's good. So those young kids will be will be streaming in they'll, soon. They'll be good. Yeah. Right. We just need you to make a TikTok video. Yeah. I do TikTok you do the video. TikTok dance. Is that the one where you turn and you like have new clothes on? You, I'm going to get in the meta. Can you? Can we get that going? <laughs> All right. I feel like it really oh, would. Meta. We should do that. Could we? Could we put it at the end of this podcast? Just make him. <laughs> we were talking about the meta, and that's like uh, I, I, got, have I got a hard time. I had a hard time. I don't <laughs> understand the meta verse, but anyway. Well, hey, thanks for coming and being with us. You hey, got to go yeah. back to California today. Led Zeppelin made a song about that. Going to California, you should play it on your way back. Uh, I'll do that. Sounds Who's good. Led Zeppelin? Hmm, good. good. <laughs> <laughs> they're kind of, um, they're the old version. What's the new, the new young group that, that sounds like Zeppelin? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Taylor Swift. Taylor yeah, Swift. right. So you're going for T-Swift. <laughs> well, anyway, thanks for coming and being with us. I'm John Stevens. I'm Matt Russell. And I'm Jeremy Steele. And this is Pod Have Mercy. (laughs) 